Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Agoracom, in which we take the time to speak with CEOs about the news that they've been making at their companies with us today. Happy to have them back because great, uh, great news out of New Jersey's Grant Johnson. He's a CEO of Esports Entertainment Group, trades on the NASDAQ under the stock symbol GMBL. For those who knew the story, as the name kind of already tells you, Esports Entertainment Group is an esports and online gambling company uh, that's fueled by the growth of video gaming and the ascendance of esports with new generations. From traditional sports partnerships with, the, with professional uh, teams in the NFL, NHL, NBA, and so on and so forth, to community-focused tournaments, iGaming casinos, boots on the ground, uh, land cafes. The company has influence over the full spectrum of esports and gaming at all levels. More than just lip service, though, uh, their Q2 numbers that just came out, net revenue, $14.5 million. That's up 530% year over year. Gross profit, $8 million. That's up 800% year over year. Uh, and the timing couldn't be better because the global esports market is expected to hit $205 billion dollars by 2027. The news we're talking about today is a big first out of New Jersey. You're going to read the headline, Esports Entertainment Group completes soft play phase ahead of full launch of betting operations in New Jersey. Grant, welcome back to the show and congratulations, my friend. Thanks, George. It's good to be back. How big, how big of a milestone is this for the company? Because you're the first operator to be granted the right to launch full esports betting operations in New Jersey and the first licensed esports focused betting site in North America. How big is this for the company? Uh, well, it's huge. It, you know, we've talked about this before. We've been working on this for a long time. And you know, one of the challenges when you're out front of everybody else is you take all those body shots. You know, the, the Department of Gaming Enforcement was learning esports with us. So a lot of the onboarding process were issues that they had never encountered before, you know, the, working on the integrity of an esports match. How do you do that? So we brought in the Esports Integrity Commission, Ian and his group from uh, the UK got involved in the process. We had some of the publishers speaking with the DGE to tell them about the process. So it was, uh, you've heard me before, I thought for sure we would have been up at the end of last year. Uh, clearly that didn't happen. But now what it does prove to the market is, when we do say we're going to get something done, we get it done. No, and, and uh, you know, you have two choices in life. You could be a follower, you could be a leader. We choose to be a leader. So we, and I'll correct you on one thing. It's not just that we have the right to do esports. We're focused on esports first in New Jersey, but it is a full sports book license. So we, when we, uh, when we get a little further down the road, we will be bringing our Sport Nation brand into New Jersey as well. Yeah, but first on the esports side, right? Yes, that's the first, first ever in history in New Jersey, in the <laughs> US. That's a pretty big. What does that mean for the esports, even for esports betting as a whole in North America? Because it seems like this was a, you guys have, have really filled the void here. Well, it, it certainly um, brings it home to a lot of people who've been talking about esports betting for a long time. Uh, you know, it legitimizes it, brings us up, brings esports betting into the into the forefront, not just a, you know back office conversation or gray market conversation. I know that uh, Ontario launched uh, some esports. I think Rivalries launched some esports in Ontario. 
Jersey's a much bigger market. It's a bigger state than Ontario's population. Plus, you know, right over the river, you've got Manhattan. And on the south end, you got Philly. So it has a disproportionate amount of draw, uh, you know, because that adds another 20 million people that have access to the state within 15 minutes. So it's, it's a, um, well, it's gonna, we're going to learn a lot. With that in mind, do you have any sense of how big of an opportunity this could be? I'm not asking for projections, but you guys must have an indication of me how big of an opportunity this could be, or is it too early to know yet? It's a bit early. We're, we're only now able to start turning on our marketing because we couldn't turn on the marketing and soft play. As you know, gamers are very digitally native. They're all active online. And if you have your influencers turn on their marketing, some of these influencers have 150, 200,000 followers. So they start you know, talking about by uh, GG and 5,000 people come in. The DGE was cutting off at 100 people on a day because that's soft play. You're only open for eight hours a day, or a maximum 100 people. So we couldn't turn that marketing on at the risk of 100 people come in, sign up, and then 2,000 get blocked. Uh, you know as well as I know that uh, those people would then go into the chat groups and say, you know, it this is work. Yeah, that, yeah. So there would, would be harsh criticism. So we had to kind of slowly get through the process until the DGE got comfortable with the number, the numbers are in there and the, and the reports and the settlements, et cetera. And we were, we were restricted. It was a bit of a catch-22 situation. Uh, nonetheless, we, the DGE did work with us and we did get through the process. And hence, as you saw in the announcement on Monday, we're completely out of, free, uh, out of soft play. It's now fully functioning. Uh, we can now turn on the marketing. So we're going to learn a lot here over the next 30 days as we as we activate these uh, these influencers who've been chomping at the bit to get going. Yeah, what, what, kind of, what kind of marketing are you going to be doing? What kind of influencer marketing is? Uh, give, give us a little uh, idea, a little, a little context behind that. Well, we're going to focus uh, on the titles that you see that are up there. You know, there's there's League and Dota and, and Counter-Strike, but we just recently got to add Call of Duty and Overwatch League. We're going to focus on influencers and streamers that focus on those titles uh, that are based in New Jersey or just over the over the river in, in New York. Um, we've learned, unlike Sportsbook, uh, Sportsbook overwhelmingly comes from dealing with the affiliates, you know, the established affiliate providers in those in those in those areas. And esports, maybe they'll be some affiliate work that comes through because there are some fairly decent sites, you know, um, Better Collective and Katina have, have some decent uh, esports traffic that they can generate, but overwhelmingly it comes from the influencers and, you know, the streamers in that section. And we learned that at Orlando launch, to give, a, to give an example, uh, which we launched in New Jersey, also in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, just a couple of weeks back, uh, about $15,000 worth of sponsorship uh, with the influencers generated immediately, you know, 450 responses. So we were capped out uh, in terms of the participants very quickly. It happened in about 72 hours. So, you know, it's, they have, <laughs> I can't compare it to sports because there's nothing in sports book that I could say if, you know, uh, yeah, an individual got on and started talking about everybody rushed to that site and sign up the way it, it works in, in, in gaming and esports. It's just a completely different way of marketing. That's all online. It's all working through these influencers. You know, you've seen the big names on YouTube and Twitch, uh, TV. 
they command massive numbers. Yeah, so working with them is, is our priority, it's our focus. We had some of them at the Atlantic City event and they're gonna be the ones driving the traffic. And yeah. given the fact you're the only one that can help yeah. monetize this specific audience for that specific region, I gotta, I've got to assume that you've got a lot of demand from George Com and other influencers saying, "Hey, Grant, I, we, you know, we want to get involved here uh, well, because I've got, I've got a massive audience there, and I got no way to monetize them right now." Yeah, there, there's certainly a lot of options for us, and, and let's not pretend that there's not substantial gray market activity taking place. You know, they, there are people betting sure. on esports currently. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of citizens in the U.S. Uh, are betting on sites uh, internationally. Uh, it, they, they know how to get around the ISP blocking, et cetera. So we've had to, and, and you're not going to find those numbers out. We just believe that to be true. Uh, having said that, how it works in the States is very different than how it works in Europe. In Europe, it's by country. You get a license for that country. And as long as a person has an address in that country, they can bet in that country. In the States, it's all geofenced. So it's state by state. You don't have to be a resident of that state. You just have to be in that state when right. you're placing that right. bet. So what happens, and, um, and I, I've seen this phenomenon myself in, in New Jersey at Penn Station on, on game day. Uh, you see the trains come in, hundreds of people get off, they make their bets on their phone, and either they get back on the train, go back into the city, or they head off to a sports bar, watch the game, and then go back to the city. Uh, we expect to see substantial activity like that also on, on the esports side. So All right. we're going to find out in the next 30 days, you'll have a better sense of it. Yeah, bottom line is, though, you're the only, you're the only game in town right now, and it's going to be really hard for anybody else to get there. I'm sure that you're going to get competitors eventually, but you're, the moat is, is pretty big. By the way, what kind of doors is this opening? Because I have to assume other states – have all seen this. They knew it was coming. They now see that you're live. They now see that, you know, you've passed through all the hurdles and all the barriers and all the regulations. Is it fair to say you're getting calls or it's opening doors or am I just over, over assuming that? Uh, well, most definitely Jersey is looked at as one of the gold standards, if not the gold standard for the online uh, gambling world. They're the ones who, uh, you know, picked up the, the fight uh, and got, you know, sports book, online sports book approved. They got it through the Supreme Court. They're the one who led the charge, so to speak. Uh, obviously, Nevada, because of Las Vegas, is the other major uh, center. That said, yeah, we, we are getting, uh, you know, calls and inbound requests from uh, other states. There's several other states and jurisdictions we're talking to. We're going to play it a little bit cautious. We don't have the money that some of the big sports books have. So we can't go out and lock down 10 jurisdictions until we're going to have to sort of grow a little bit more organically, unless there's groups that want to partner with us. Now, on that topic, um, we are going to be at the NIGA event, which is the, the tribal gaming operators, which is 50% of the casino industry in the United States. We'll be the only gaming and esports company there. Uh, we are hoping to find some partners in that uh, community, which represents $17.5 billion in revenue that are looking for a tech partner. 
and we can bring the whole B2B solution for them. We can bring casino, we can bring sports book, we can bring esports, uh, we can bring the uh, the Landold product, which is a player versus player skill betting product. So we're hoping that's where we're going to focus our energy on, on further growth. Uh, same as with some of the sports teams. We are in conversation with some of the sports teams that we have partnerships with, as you already mentioned in your in your opening here. Uh, some of those some of those states with those teams are still operating in the skins program. Uh, for those of your listeners who don't know, some states, Jersey is one of them, has a skins program where you have to work with a land-based operator yeah. as well as the gaming commission. So you're, you know, it's it's a two-part system. I'm not a fan, don't get me wrong, but it, it is a system in certainly in Nevada and, and, and the majority of the first mover states have a skin system. Not all states do. So we're looking to, in the states that do, we're looking for partners and we're getting, you know, some positive feedback, both in sports teams and tribal casinos. So we're, we're optimistic. We'll have some additional growth there. All right. So the next several weeks, few months, looks like it could be, it could be interesting. You mentioned earlier uh, your land duel event, the, uh, the headline land duel launch event held at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, the first sanctioned skill-based waging event in the U.S. Uh, and what I love about this, it's peer-to-peer. So yes. you and I, we can enter a tournament. It's uh, George, you know, George 555 versus Grant 999. And we can actually bet against each other. I can bet on myself. You can bet on yourself. And, uh, and that's, that's another first. So yes. you guys are... Before we get into the details of that, what does that, what should that tell the market about the fact that you're delivering all of these firsts uh, to into into growing industry? Well, like, like I said, uh, we like to lead as opposed to follow. We've got some extremely talented people uh, in our development teams, and we acquired some extremely talented individuals. Certainly, with the what we now call EEG Labs, which was formerly Genji Analytics. Uh, yeah, the, the player versus player, I, I learned a lot being at the event, seeing how the, the players uh, interact. The casinos learned a lot. And we, we learned that by pushing the software, getting the software approved at the DG was huge as far as the casinos concerned. Because nobody else, none of the, none of the other skill-based you know, systems that are out there, skills.com is one that quickly comes to mind because it's a name that everybody knows, which is mobile-based. It's a different it's a different animal. Never bothered to get the software approved by a gaming commission, which is not an easy process. It took about a year to get, to get everything through the process. So we did have the software approved by the gaming commission. What does that mean? Well, what this means is we can now have that software in a casino in New Jersey. And again, like I said, New Jersey is considered one of the gold standard jurisdictions. So we can make it kind of like the old Frank Sinatra song. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So we can get it through the New Jersey Gaming Commission. It bodes well for getting it through other jurisdictions. So things we learned at that event. Number one, there's pent up demand. We had people driving in from Ohio to come to that event to play because they're excited about it. Uh, Number two, we learned that we had had preset betting limits at $25 a match. The only complaint we had, and you've seen some of the media out here, so you can see the clips from the players themselves. The only complaint we had from the players was they want bigger bet opportunities. They want to be able to bet 100, 500, 1,000. Some of them even tried to- Why the limit? That was just- just Yeah, the limit was there because it was the inaugural event. 
and the DGE wanted to be conservative, which is understandable. First time sure. you do anything, you want to, you know, what you don't want to do is have a $500 bet and have somebody picking a chair and throw it through the wall because they lost. You know, you don't, they didn't want to see that type of bet. But the gamers themselves, they wanted it. They, they actually tried to do some side bets. And the DGEs there were like, the, no side, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can't do side bets. That's, that's not going to be allowed. But as you can imagine, that was music to the ears of the casino operators. Because they, you know, $25 is semi-interesting because the thing's going to be $2.50. $500, well, now that, now you're having a conversation that casinos are interested in. And by the way, your revenue model is, so 10% of that is the, is, is the, 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 the VIG, as you're saying, but would you guys split that 50-50 with the casino? Correct. All right. Yes. So, yeah, so it can get pretty profitable pretty fast. Very fast. And because there is no other competitor in it, it could be 15%. It really depends on what the, what the land-based operator. So it's going to be between 15 to, you know, 10 to 15%. That said, the, the player versus player model is an easy model to understand. Everybody understands if I'm going to play you at anything, but you know, let's say we're going to play Madden. Uh, we're going to bet 25 bucks. That's a simple, that's a simple equation. Here's my 25 bucks. This year, 25 bucks. The winner takes that pot. That's you don't have to understand because sports book, which is what esports book is, same concept, the over-under, the spread. This is phraseology, terminology that's not all that familiar to a rather new uh, esports gambling market. You know, they're they're going to learn pretty fast. They're going to learn pretty yeah. fast because well, they love the opportunity because... to play against you or somebody and and just be able to bet on myself. That's that's yeah, that's easy. That's that's an easy thing. Plus, keep in mind there's the esports market, which is you know league, Dota, uh, Counter Strike, and those generally are team on team events of pros, just like you're watching the NFL and you're betting on somebody else, which is a substantial market. It's 600 million fans globally. That's a that's a big market. The gamer market is a much bigger market. Yes, this includes the console gamers who are playing Call of Duty, they're playing FIFA, they're playing Madden, they're playing 2K. That's about three and a half billion people globally. So it's a much bigger market. It's a market that is really underserviced. Uh, and now this product appeals to that larger marketplace. So I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a home in North America that doesn't have an S Xbox or PlayStation in it, you know, or a Wii. You know, so these these uh, these are the people that Landau appeals to, and that's why it appeals to the casino operators because it's a much bigger demographic. Esports betting is still there. We have that. We have both. Nobody else does. Yeah, look, I'm a class example. Uh, I'm I, I enjoy esports. I kind of watch. I'm a I'm a I'm a fair weather fan, but I wouldn't be betting on it because I don't know enough. But if you tell me I can. I can play against my brother and my friends, FIFA, Madden, whatever the case, and we can bet on it. I may never, I may never leave the laptop just because <laughs> you want that competition at 50 plus. I can't, you can't do one-on-one -on -one anymore. So I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to do it uh, digitally. And Grant, is that why in the press release, when you read here, it says the event was the debut of, uh, of esports entertainment land dual platform and will be the springboard for more esports betting events and permanent installation at Hard Rock Atlantic City. So safe to assume everyone was really happy about how it went. Yeah, we, we did presentations to uh, somewhere between eight to 10 casino operators. And in, in we had a VIP room set up and all the big names 
or most of the big names were certainly there and they had a presentation because they got to look what was taking place. You know, this was bringing in a demographic that they're currently not pulling, which is the under 30 demographic into a casino. Oh. And they were heavily engaged in a betting product. That's music to their ears because they don't really have a lot of products that the under 30 set uh, like, and certainly it's not going to be slots. I mean, slots trend 16 over, you know, it's not a growth market. This is a growth market for them. Uh, and they want that market in there because that'll be lodging, food, bev, et cetera. So what we're looking to do, it's going to be rolled out in three phases. At this phase, land dual product is going to be installed in a, in a permanent setup in a ideally, well, a casino, uh, like a poker room concept, where it's going to be the esports betting room. And, you know, individuals can come play against each other in, in tournament style or just have them all on. They can come at, at bet. We see this as a, a new class of professional esports uh, players going to emerge here, just like professional poker players emerge with poker stars and the explosion of uh, sure. uh, poker. We see that happening here where quality players, the influencers and streamers are going to be able to go to these various events and make a substantial living doing that. That's going to happen. And with our software, there's a ranking system. So there's a handicapping system built into it. Like in golf, you can choose to play somebody better and they're going to have to give you, if you're playing Call of Duty or something like that, they're going to give you a kills handicap or vice versa. You can play a lesser person, but you're going to have to give them. Uh, but ideally, the what we want is everybody to be playing within their bandwidth. So it's a more enjoyable event. You know, if you're just competing, you're competitive against somebody in your weight class or skill level. And after the third match, the algorithm in the software will be able to pair people up. Uh, so if you played previously at any of our land centers, you will already have a ranking. If you're new on the system, you sign up for the first time at a, at a, a venue set up at Hard Rock, at you know, Penn, at you know, one of these big operators. You will come in initially, but once the computer, it's got you know, built-in intelligence learning on it, it will get your gameplay and you will then fall into a ranking system. So it's going to start out in these physical locations. Uh, our preferences at, at casinos, because they have the capacity, they have the demand. Second version will be uh, probably six months down the road, we're going to integrate our Landool product into our larger GG circuit software, which will then allow us to disperse it out through the land centers that work with us, which is 700 uh, locations. The third version of the product, which is going to be, I would say, 10 months to a year out, will have a downloadable client. So anybody at home on their desktop workstation will be able to download it. That's, that's <laughs> going to be me. That's going so to be that, me. That's the three stages that's going to go. Uh, it's going to go in. But if you think of a casino, somebody comes into a casino, they're at the Hard Rock, they're playing, they've registered. So they're a Hard Rock client. Now they've gone back home to Iowa. Uh, they want they want and, more and and they log back in it's a hard rock client. so the hard rock still gets that big so the casinos are not concerned with the future downloadable it's not going to carve into their uh, their ability great, to generate it's going to extend their ability to make revenue uh how big of an opportunity do you think this is because i've got to figure other casinos same as same as with, with the esports betting there've got to be other casinos other physical locations that have big audiences 
uh, who must be interested in this. Uh, again, is that an oversumption on my part or? No, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a, a correct assumption. In fact, we heard a statement at one of the presentations from one of the casino operators. And I've sat on panels presenting at casino, uh, esports casino uh, at conferences. And they're all trying to figure out gaming and esports. How do they get that demographic? How do they get that product in the casino in a, in a fashion that makes sense to them as operators? And the comment was, and I won't say which casino it came from, but they said, I've sat through a lot of these presentations over the years. This is the first time this makes sense to me. You know, that was, to us, clearly, couldn't help for a better you know, response from an operator because it is the first time. We believed it. I've said it before. I think I said it on your uh, podcast. that We believe that this is the first time the casinos will have a product that makes sense to them. <laughs> it's as if I wrote the script for him. He, they said that in the meeting. And, and if you want to go to other states with, with land dual, um, is that something you would have to, would you have, would the license be on you or would it be on partner cas casino partners, for example, in, in other states? Now, keep in mind, it's not a license per se, not like a gambling license. That's a different process altogether. Okay. This product, the software does have to be tested. If you want to put it into a casino, anything that goes into a casino, Got does it. have to be tested by the gaming commission in that jurisdiction. So if one of the big uh, casinos in uh, Las, Las Vegas decided they want to make a move on it, we would have to take the software to the gaming commission in Nevada and do the same test they did at the DG. Since we've already been through the process, we are highly confident and comfortable. With that so this process. could scale fast then? Yes. This could, this could scale really fast. How optimistic are you that you know, 2022 could, could start to see this really scale? Well, um, uh, based on the response from the meetings and face-to-face -face meetings with the operators themselves, I'm very optimistic. All right. And I wish I could drill down more of that, but I know you can't <laughs> say more, but I think that the, you know, the Cheshire cat smile on your face may, may tell me everything I need to know. <laughs> last question for you. Um, the, you know, the, the big elephant in the room, uh, the company went through a real rocky period early this year, early in yes. Q1. Um, there's still some concerns uh, among online investors about the stability of the company. You did that raise, you brought a sizable amount of money. Uh, you do have, you do have uh, a creditor or you do, have, you, you do have a loan outstanding there as well. How, how stable, what do you want to tell share, shareholders about? Has the rough, has the rough seas passed? Uh, how stable is the company and how's 2022 look for the company? Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot in that question. Uh, number one, uh, we have eight figures in the bank. Um, so, you know, we, we are, we are stable. Uh, we have a lender we're working with. They need to work with us. We need to work with them. And we are, and we're in constant communication with them. So there's, there's um, no need for panic or concern in that regard. We have the capital we need to execute these programs like Lando. Um, I clearly I've heard a lot of feedback from the investors. I know where their uh, concern is. I know they're upset. Uh, nobody any more than myself. I, you know, as as right. the biggest shareholder who is now radically diluted as as everybody is. What I can say is. We continue to deliver on our commitments. We have new product launches. Uh, we continue our growth. 
Uh, clearly, just the, the global market, you know, there's a lot of things taking place in the world that clearly we don't have any concern or uh, any control over. Uh, we're focusing on things we do have control over, like these new products, get in in front of, you know, the casino operators, uh, getting by launched, you know, turning on the marketing for that. Our, our iGaming platforms, they're all experiencing growth. We're now cross-marketing between the platforms, between casino and sportsbook. That's taking place. Uh, we are very shortly going to be moving Sport Nation onto our own platform. That platform we just launched in, in New Jersey is our Phoenix software. That is a sportsbook software platform. We focus on esports because we want to be first to be the 21st sportsbook in New Jersey isn't much of a story. To be the first esports platform in North America that was launched in a you know a credible jurisdiction, that's news. Uh, we will be migrating Sport Nation onto that platform. That there is, is going to you know, generate millions in, in additional EBITDA you know, profit for the company and consequently for the shareholders. Uh, clearly, all focuses on revenue generation at this point in time. Growth, you know, growth that's going to be more than a year out, we've paused all of that. We've uh, taken a hard look at our internal operations. Um, Things that do not generate revenue in the immediate future are being paused. Things that aren't consistent where, you know, with the, the story of what we are, who we are, software company. Uh, we're looking at uh, divesting ourselves of certain things and focusing all of our energy, all of our efforts, all of our resources, capital and human, on these revenue generators. So, yeah, we've had to adjust some things internally. The market was pretty harsh, uh, message received, and that's what our focus is on, just immediate revenue growth. We do plan to be cash flow positive within the next 12 months or less with some of the changes we're doing and focusing on these revenue generators. So that's, you can expect to see a lot of that type of activity, a lot of those types of announcements, a lot of what you just saw with, you know, the launch of LandDuel and Buy, to see more of that. Uh, in the news from us. And, you know, I don't know what else I can tell you. Uh, you know, clearly, I, I, I know you personally are a shareholder. I, I, uh, of course. So I we've had this conversation and yeah, nobody was more upset by that than, than the person you're talking to right now. But the most important thing is the stability is there now. You've got the yes. figures of the bank, the lender is not an issue. Uh, you went through some rough waters there, but now it's back to focusing on growth and even though, yep, it's going to come with more dilution as far as an operation goes, as far as the business goes, it's all moving. You don't, you don't see any real, uh, outside of just typical, you know, typical business competition, you don't have any concerns or, or any, or any more. There's, yeah, I, I don't have, there's nothing, there's no looming, you know, bankruptcy is not happening. That, that, I, I, I know I had read hundreds of those particular commentaries. They, they rolled in from the investors. That is not a concern of the company. Uh, that is not um, something that uh, we internally are, are concerned about. It's not even. It's not no. even on anywhere anywhere near. No. Yeah, because you do see it online. That scares other investors, right? And I think it's important for you to bring. I understand. Say, okay, hey, yeah. you know, it was it was a very. I mean, as the evidenced by the circles under my eyes, there was a lot of you know 15, 20 hour work days in there to get through some of the things. But we. You know, our new COO and our new CFO uh, um, have been focusing 
you know, on an internal task force of where, where can we, what is the non-producing or low producing or even money losing areas of the company. And we're divesting there, putting all of our resources, as I said, both cash and human into the products that we see the, the quick return on, you know, all uh, efforts are, are being dedicated now to turn the company cash flow positive in less than 12 months. So that's once we're cash flow positive, then then you're a breeder reactor. You can you grow. If the market sentiment uh, turns back to our favor, or you know, would we raise more capital at higher levels? Well, yes. You know, if if we go back to you know twenty dollars, would we? Of course, we would. Um, but not. We don't need to raise money here. We're not going to raise money here. Um, this is. Yeah. So you you've got all you've got all the bullets you need. To go out and to go out and, and and compete and win and look, Jersey, you got two firsts here with uh, with Vi.gg with Land Duel, and it sounds like reading between the lines, talking to you, there's more interest in these products from other potential partners. So we'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. But thanks for addressing that, Grant. I think it was important to to address that. Congratulations to your team on on this big milestone, and can't wait to have you back, my friend. I look forward to it. Thanks, George. To everybody at home, you've been watching or if you listen by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Grant Johnson, CEO of Esports Entertainment Group, trades on the NASDAQ and the stock symbol GMBL. For those new to the store, you want to do some due diligence, get to the company's profile page in Agoracom. And then from there, jump over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Thanks. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then, don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform, so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.